0: Church, I just sense the same way that that young Samuel, whenever the prophet Samuel was being raised up and he was beginning to sense and become aware of God's presence, that he began to ask the Lord to speak to him. And what he was instructed to say was, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I'm just so aware of, of the presence of the Lord today. And if you're aware of his presence and you desire to hear from him, let's say that together. Let's make that our prayer this morning. You ready? Let's say this together. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. Wow, choir. That was fantastic. Come on, can we just thank the choir? And I uh, remember sitting in Pastor Rick's living room, listening to that song for the first time, and I uh, we're waiting i'm like that song's coming i can't wait to sing it we need a move how many of you need a move how many of you echo that right amazing is that uh just a little side story we're sitting in the in the living room of pastor rick's house watching this uh video listening to this song and i see the name of the worship uh pastor that wrote it and i said my friend sean who's a pastor down in virginia that's his campus worship pastor that wrote that song. So he wrote that song. He's moved on since then. He's at another church now, but uh, it's an anointed song and it just goes so perfectly with what we're talking about in this season and in this series. I'm so excited because as I prayed, God is doing something new in this season. Can you feel it, church? Can you sense it? I could sense it. And I know it has everything to do with prayer and what God has been leading us in. This week marks the one-year anniversary of us launching our prayer meeting. One year ago, we launched a prayer meeting on Wednesday nights. And, uh, well, at least they clapped for that in the first service. That's okay. And then I told them that that was weak, and then they clapped louder. Um, uh, Okay, there we are. We're We're back in the rhythm now. We got it. And so we launched a prayer meeting. It's significant, not because we put another event on the calendar or another weekly service, it's because of the desire and conviction in our hearts to be a church of prayer, to be a house of prayer, to not be a church that prays and that has prayer, but to be a church of prayer, where it became a part of the foundation of who we are. And I want to tell you this, and I'll say it over and over and over again. God has honored that decision more than I could have ever thought or imagined. We did it because we sensed God was telling us to, but as we look back over this last year in leadership team meetings, in board meetings, as we've been together with pastors and in prayer, we can point to so many different things and say, we believe that all this has happened because God honored the decision we made to move towards a house of prayer. Are you with me, church? I just believe that as we take steps of obedience, I felt like the Lord said this to me during our 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of this year, every step that we're willing to take with him, the Lord said, I'm going to meet you and honor that step that you take as far as you want to go. The Bible says this. The Lord says, as you draw near to me, I'm going to draw near to you. There's this idea that every step we're taking towards him, he's taking a step towards us. He's honoring uh, these steps that we're taking. And I really believe God is bringing us to a place where he's ready for us to take a big step. Will you say big step with me? Big step. And I didn't have this in my notes or, or anywhere, and I don't even remember, I read this passage of scripture a long time ago, but I kept feeling the Lord telling this to me. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6. And if I would have had it in my notes, I would have put it on the screen. I didn't even tell this to the first service. I really genuinely felt this at the, at the beginning of our prayer and worship time that the Lord said to the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness, and they were sitting at Mount Sinai camped there. He said, we've camped at this mountain long enough. Let's get up and move. And I just feel like that's what God's trying to say to us in this season. And we've been at this mountain long enough. It's time for something to move. It's time for something to go. And here's what I'm thankful, that God can move us from mountains. But here's what we also know. God can move mountains from us. So there's a lot that God can do that we learn about. And the series we're walking into right now, we're starting it today, is called Moving Mountains. And I'm, how many of you believe that our God is a God who can move mountains, that he can do this, that he's able to? And um, I really, I'm really excited. I, I hope that you'll come out this Wednesday night. I'm expecting you. We're making room for you. Uh, it's the one-year anniversary of the prayer meeting. This Wednesday night, we have Pastor Jim Cimbala, the senior pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. He's going to be here live in person sharing with us. Um, I want to tell you that as we felt this conviction to begin a prayer meeting, Us and our leadership, we went to the Brooklyn Tabernacle over a year ago, sat with Pastor Symbola's team, uh, went to their service, felt the presence of the Lord there and what they're doing in prayer. And I want to tell you, God has been honoring and making them an example of what it means to be a house of prayer. And you're going to be blessed on Wednesday night. I want you to be here, lean in, and let's experience everything that God has for us. We're also going to have the opportunity to pray. We're going to pray for uh, our teams that are about to go out, the two teams that we mentioned uh, in just a few days. In, in weeks, we're going to be sending out two teams. How many of you are thankful that we have teams going literally around the world to bring the hope of Jesus? <laughs> Lebanon to Puerto Rico, and then we're just getting started. we got many other places throughout the summer that we will be traveling to. So we also want to pray on Wednesday for them as they get ready to go. Well, as we start this series and we begin to talk about what it means to have faith that moves mountains, to literally begin to lean into God's word and learn the truths that God desires to teach us through this series, I want us to start in Matthew's gospel. And there are multiple passages of scripture where Jesus mentions this idea that if we have faith and if we trust him and if we pray that we could literally speak to mountains and they would move. And and, and for many, this is, uh, this is incredible to even imagine. It's impossible to even fathom. And yet Jesus promised it. And here's what I know. He's not a man that he would lie to us, that we can believe, that we can do the impossible. We can see the impossible happen as we put our faith and trust in him. So I want us to dive deep into God's word. I want us to learn more about what does it mean to have faith that moves mountains? What does it mean to have this faith-filled prayer life that changes us forever? And so that's what we're going to dive into. So open with me to Matthew chapter 21. I want to look at one of those passages of scripture where Jesus states this, and um, then we're going to learn what it really means and how we can apply this to our lives. Lord, come and speak to us today, we pray, by the power of your word and through the power of your spirit. Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 18. It says this Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. And his disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt not only can you do what has been done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Powerful, powerful truth. How many of us believe that today? Yeah, that's what I was expecting, quiet. So, no, like, we, we, we can get excited in church, but when we look at this, say, this. Pastor, that's impossible. That's impossible. I don't, I don't understand. Jesus said it. He said that there is power available when we pray that we can see the impossible manifest right in front of us. We could see things that we could never imagine begin to happen and take form. And Jesus not only said it, he showed it, he revealed it over and over and over again. And so I want us to dive into this. I want us to understand this and to really understand it To have faith that moves mountains, to literally have a faith-filled prayer life, it has a few core uh, identities, a few core principles we have to begin to rest in and rest on. And the first one I want to explore today, and I want to explore, we sang all about it this morning, what does it mean to call upon the name of the Lord? Because I want you to know it all starts there. It all starts in calling on his name. Jesus whatever you ask for in prayer, that prayer, when we are invited to pray, we're calling upon the Lord. What does it mean to really call upon the name of the Lord? We sing about it, but do we understand it? My prayer is today, God will give divine revelation into his word as we look at that. To understand this, I want us to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. You can turn, if you have your Bibles open, to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look at this one verse of Scripture in Genesis chapter 4. As you're turning there, I want to give you a little bit of context for what's going on at this point in time. In the very beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He then created the first man and woman. Uh, We see them as Adam and Eve in the Bible. After that, they had children. After they sinned and they were cast out of God's presence, they had two children, Cain and Abel. The Bible says Cain rose up against Abel and killed him and tried to hide it. And God uh, cursed him and said, no, like, you can't do this. And, and, and because of that, he, he, was, he, had, he left uh, his parents. He went and he lived by himself. And there was a lot of things that went along with him. Um, and now you have uh, Abel is dead. And you have Adam and Eve who only had that one child instead of two. So they prayed and the Lord blessed them. And they were able to have another child named Seth. And now Seth had children. And this is where this significant moment happens in Scripture. Look at Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. It said, Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. This is powerful to consider this. This was a moment of revelation. Because people somewhere at that point in time had a revelation and a realization. Not only does this God, this God is the God who created everything. He's the God whose my my grandparents were were a part of and knew, knew him in a very personal, intimate way. Not only is he a God who created everything and made it all and we know something about him, but we realize this one thing. When we call on him, he answers us. When we call upon his name, he leans in, as Pastor Rick shared at the beginning of of our worship time. He's a God who responds to the call of his children, to the cries of his children. For them, it's like something opened up, and then as they called and he answered, they worshiped him. They were like magnifying him. They're like, this is amazing. And this was this idea of this relationship, this connection uh, between God and his people. God has always desired to have a relationship with you. Say it with me, relationship. He desires that. And as he's had that relationship, that's taken on different identities. And so you'll see that God desires to have a people for himself. Right now, we would, we would use the word Christian. That's how you would self-identify. But long before Christian was ever used, long before Jesus was ever born, it was the Jewish people, God's special people. Before that, the Israelites. Before that, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But long before all of that, do you want to know what the first identity was for God's people? Those who called upon the name of the Lord. You know what I feel like we need to get back to, church? We need to get back to that identity. We could say we're Christians today. We can come to church. We can call ourselves whatever we want to. But at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day, do you call upon the name of the Lord? Could you say that's how I identify my life? I am one who calls upon the name of the Lord because I believe it's a lot different than just wearing a T-shirt and identifying with a, with, a, with, a, with a term that can fit. Because this is the core of who we are, who we were created to be, where our strength is, where our power is, where our security is. It's in calling on his name. So this is his first identity that they were given, those who call upon the name of the Lord. Do you know what this statement says? There's a deep assurance, a deep confidence, a deep trust welling up in their hearts knowing this. God is faithful. He answers and he responds to my call, to the call of his children. And whenever we get to that, it changes everything. You know, for me, I said it last week as we talked on Mother's Day, that God hears the cry of his children. Do you believe that today? That he knows your cry. He understands what's going on in your heart. And if you're willing, tonight at Selah, that's the whole theme of the night. Cry out to God. If you cry out to God, he hears you. You know, the same way that my kids, when they cry out, I know it. And Mandy knows it. I know it. We can just differentiate our children's cries out of all the children around. We could be in crowds. We could be in a crowded place. But their cry pierces through all the clutter, all the noise, and will reach our ears. Trust me. We've seen it. We know it. I could be in this place and I have to tell me, you got to be careful if you bring Josiah in here because one cry from him, one cry from Lily, I'm, I'm like, what? What's going on? What's happening? Um, it, it can become distracting because I know that no matter what I'm doing, if my child cries out, my attention turns to them. How much more does our Heavenly Father hear the cry and know the cry of his children and that his heart's inclined towards them, inclined towards you? If you didn't have a father that turned his ear towards you when you called Don't take that out on the Lord. Don't project that towards God. God isn't anything like that. He's a God who hears and responds to the cry of his children. Could you imagine if he didn't? If my children, if they would cry out and cry out and cry out and I never answered them, you know what happened? They'd stop crying out to me. Some of us, maybe we've gotten disillusioned. Maybe we feel like God doesn't answer. We've stopped crying out to him. We've just gone on with our lives. We still come to church. You're still here today. You're watching online. But something in you has, has, has lost that passion to cry out to him. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's something uh, ha- has hurt you in the past, whatever the case might be. But I want you to know part of our first identity is to be those that call upon the name of the Lord, that learn what it means to cry out to him. And I feel like there's something heartbreaking that happens whenever we begin to cry out to the wrong things for help. Whenever we begin to try to lean into the wrong things for help, we miss that there's someone waiting because our help doesn't, isn't meant to come from all these other places. If you identify yourself as a child of God, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, if you d- identify yourself in that place that you're in relationship with God, that means that you're one who calls upon him and he comes to your, your answer. He comes to your help. He comes to your aid and to your rescue. We have to learn what it means to really lean into that, church family. Because here's what it says in Psalm 124, verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord the maker of the heavens and the earth. Many other places and many other help. It can come from all different sources, but I want you to know our help comes from the name of the Lord. It's in his name. There's strength, there's security, there's power in his name. There's something transformative that takes place in our hearts and in our lives when we really grab a hold of this truth. When we allow it to shape the way that we live our lives, it changes us forever. But I think it's very possible to come to church to do this Christian thing, to go through your entire life not calling upon the name of the Lord, the way he invites us to, being very selective on when we call out to him and when we reach for all kinds of other things. But I want us to go back here and, and take a look at Matthew chapter 21 for just a few moments because there's a few things that, as I just shared, what I just shared with you, I think that this can bring some new highlight to what the Lord is saying and what Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Let's look again at Matthew 21, 18 through 22. It says, in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, and he found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said, say he said, may you never bear fruit again, and immediately, say immediately, Immediately. the tree withered. Okay, good so far? Next verse. When the disciples saw this, what happened? They were amazed. Here's the problem. The question that they asked. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They're with Jesus. He speaks this word to this fig tree. The disciples are standing right there. They see it. It's right in there. And then when it happens, they're surprised. Like, whoa, what just happened? How'd that happen? Do you you understand the challenge here of this passage? That as Jesus is standing there, the one who's opened blind eyes, the one who has worked miracle after miracle, has taught the crowds and the multitudes, has multiplied the fishes and the loaves, when he speaks to a tree and it withers, his disciples say, I wonder how that happened. That's strange. Do you know why it happened? Because he said it would happen. Because he spoke it. Because the word of Jesus carries power. And when he said it, it happened. It happened. And so the, the disciples are there and they're thinking, well, what, what happened? And this isn't one. We'll look at some other passages throughout the series where we see Jesus talking about the very same subject. He rebukes him in some of those places because he's like, you've got you to have faith here. You've got to trust. He says the same thing here. He said, listen, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what's done to the fig tree, but you can speak to the mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will. He said, you've got to do this, but you, if you have faith, And you do not doubt. So what's he speaking to in this moment? He's looking at their very question. Do you know what that was a question of? It wasn't a question about why does a fig tree not have fruit on it or what's going on. It was really questioning the authority of Jesus. Questioning the power of his word over everything. Do you believe his word still carries that weight? Do you still believe that he can do the impossible? Because for them, they were in their very question, there was a doubt within them. What happened? Jesus, can you believe it? It's as if we were walking down the street and I said something. And again, if I start speaking to trees or talking to the Kleenex box or whatever, I'm just a person. But when Jesus, the Son of God, comes onto the scene, he begins to speak to things and they change, we ought not be surprised. We can be amazed. We can be filled with awe and wonder. But his disciples have a very question. I wonder how that happened. It's It's getting at the authority of Jesus you want to know in both passages, in this passage and in the parallel passage, where Mark tells the same story, do you want to know what the very next thing that happens in both of those uh, chapters are that says Jesus's authority is questioned by the religious leaders? Right after this, so not only is his authority questioned by the religious leaders, but his authority is questioned by his own disciples. Can he really speak to trees and they're not going to grow anymore? Like, Can he do that? And then the disciples saying, what authority does Jesus have? He's, and they're all coming at the authority of Jesus. I want to tell you today, a lot of what it means to call on the name of the Lord, there has to be a confidence in our hearts about the authority of Jesus, authority that's found in his name, the power that's there, that he can do what he said he's going to do, that there is all authority. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 19, the Great Commission, all authority, say it with me, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus said about the Father, that he has all authority. And so with this authority comes power. And with that power comes incredible miracles, incredible things that can confound our imagination. Jesus said it's possible to him who believes. Believes what? Has faith in what? We've made this idea of faith so abstract. It's been hijacked by culture. It's been hijacked by the world. I'll find people that don't go to church, they don't believe in Jesus, and they'll say, you know, you just got to have faith. Faith in what? Where's your faith lie? Faith is only as good as what you're placing your faith in. I can walk, and I can go up to something, and if I have faith in a log to hold me inside of a, if I step on it, you know, in in a pool or something, I'll fall off, or if I step onto a drawbridge, you know, those rickety old bridges that go across, because if my faith is in every plank of wood that I walk on, Then you know what? It could fail me very easily. It isn't just about having faith, it's about where that faith is found. Where is that faith rooted? Where is that faith grounded? Jesus isn't just saying, just have good faith, just believe everything's going to go okay and it'll go okay. That's not how it works. Jesus is saying something much deeper have faith in the power of my name over all this stuff. Do you trust that I'm greater? Do you trust that I'm able? Do you trust that I'm willing? Do you trust that in my name there's power? That's what Jesus is teaching his disciples. It's a question of authority. Do we believe there's still authority, all authority in the name of Jesus? His disciples sure did. Jesus taught, and if you're in small groups, I want to encourage you, if you're not yet in a small group, go out after service. Get plugged into a small group because every week, we're going to be diving deeper into this idea of moving mountains. We're going to be praying and studying God's word together. And this week in particular, as you go into the study, you're going to look at three passages of scripture found in John's gospel. We don't have time this morning to go into it all, but where Jesus specifically teaches his disciples, when you pray, pray in my name. Anything you ask in my name. Will be done. So there's this idea that Jesus is getting at what it means to stand in the power and authority of his name. Do you see the parallel? They called upon the name of the Lord in the Old Testament. They called upon the name of the Lord. We continue to see it through the Old Testament. We get to the New Testament. God gives Jesus all authority on heaven and on earth. And now as people begin to pray, they pray in the name of Jesus. What are they doing? They're calling upon the name of the Lord. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. We call upon his name. As we call upon his name, we see the miraculous begin to happen. It wasn't just that Jesus said it, but that as we look in the pages of Scripture— We begin to see in the early church that they lived it and they experienced the same results and even greater. Jesus said, not just will you see the same things, greater things will you see because I'm going to the Father. So in the book of Acts chapter 3, if you want to turn there with me, we're going to see one more example of how this all transpires. Jesus said, if you pray, if you believe and you have faith and do not doubt, then you will see greater things happen. Well, in Acts chapter 3, this is after, after the Jesus dies on the cross and raises from the dead and ascends to heaven after the day of Pentecost when all the church, all the people of God came together, were praying and seeking the Lord, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. That was the day the church was born. This is now after all of that. As just a small side note, I told you earlier in the service, I believe that God has been meeting us in a special way. It's like he's reviving us. I feel like revival is stirring up in this house, through this church. Do you know why? Because of the prayer meeting. You're not confident as I am about this. I'm telling you. Do you know why? I feel like the Lord showed it to me again and again as I came to Acts chapter 2. Do you know how the church was birthed? The church was birthed in the middle of a prayer meeting. It wasn't a sermon. The sermon came after. That's when Peter preached. All this other stuff, it came out. It wasn't a worship team. It wasn't a choir. It wasn't any of that. It was a group of people that got on their face and waited on God and called upon the name of the Lord, and he met them in power. It started in a prayer meeting. That's how the whole thing started. Do you want to know why we're going through what we're going through right now? Because we've gotten back to our foundation. We've gone back to the beginning. We've gone back to our roots. How can we expect to be a church, and we're going to gather together and sing and do all this stuff, and we're not on our face seeking the Lord in prayer? there's no power then. There's just people. I can do what well, we can do a lot of things. We can get concerts. We can get Christian speakers to come. We can get authors. We can fill this sanctuary. Don't trust us. We can, but it might be void of the power of God. Is that okay? No, I don't want a lot of people. We want the power of God to show up as we gather together. That happens when we call upon the name of the Lord. That's the only way it's through prayer, through seeking him, through going for him. It was started at a prayer meeting. God's sustaining us through the prayer meeting. His power is flowing because we're seeking him and calling upon his name. He said, in the day of trouble, when you call upon my name, I'll answer you. So, Acts chapter 3, Peter, John, some of the, these are some of the closest followers of Jesus. They're walking to the place of prayer. Where are they going? To the place of prayer in the temple at the time of prayer. They're going to pray. On their way to go to pray. They walk by the temple gate, the gate called beautiful. There's a man that's laid there. For his whole life, he's been laid there. Every day, he's there to beg. He can't walk. And as he's begging for alms, people pass by. They show pity to him, compassion to him. They give him something. He gets through the day. Well, as they're walking past him, he puts his hands out, looking for a handout. And Peter and John fixed their gaze on him. In verse 4, they said, look at us. So the man began to give them his attention expecting, I love that word expecting, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I do not possess silver or gold, but what I do have, I give it to you right now. Do you get that? I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I have something. I'm about to give it to you right now. Here it is. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his hands, his ankles were strengthened. And with a leap, he stood upright, and he began to walk. Think about it. A man who's never walked begins to walk. Why? Because there's still power in the name of Jesus. Because when we have the name of Jesus, it's greater than anything else that we could ever think that we need in this life. Some of you feel like, I don't have, and you have a list full of things that you don't have enough of. You have a list of the deficiencies in your life, in your family, in your circumstance, in your budget, in any place, and you're so focused on what you don't have. Start focusing on what you do have. The name of Jesus, strong tower, refuge, strength, provision, what we need is found in his name. He began to leap and walk, and it was it was Amazing. Because they trusted in the authority of Jesus' name. Enough to extend their hand. I mean, do we have the faith to do that? To walk up to someone and say, I don't have what you might think you need right now, but what I do have I'll give you. In the name of Jesus, walk. In the name of Jesus, be healed. They trusted. And not only that, but we see that his faith rose. He turned expecting to receive something. He received. He allowed them to take him by the hand. He responded to that prompting. They said this, in the name of Jesus, Walk. They called him to walk. They pulled him up, and as they were pulling, he could have said, No, are you crazy? I'm going to fall on my face. He kind of went with them. In that moment, we see healing flow into his body. There was a response of faith. In fact, it teaches in Acts chapter 3, verse 16. They, it's very important because the leaders of that time, the people, they're saying, as they see a man that was just miraculously healed, a mountain that was just moved from his life, from his circumstance, they said, In whose name was this man healed? How? How did this happen? What authority, what power healed this man? Here's what Peter says. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you all can see. Then the religious leaders call and they said, in whose name did this happen? Because for those religious leaders, they're still thinking Jesus didn't even raise from the dead. They're thinking it's all a hoax. They don't know what's going on. They feel like this is some rebellion that's rising up. They said, no, it's the power of God showing up. Verse 4 of uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 10. And they say this, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, who you've crucified, but God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Come on up, Pastor Rick. Whenever we think about this, Question is, do we still have confidence and trust in the name of the Lord, that there's power, there's still power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus, in the power of his name? His name is a name that's above every other name. There is no other name. There is no other power. There is no other ability. And here's the question that I think we all have to answer. It's a very simple question, but it's a very important one in your life. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. Here's the question. First response or last resort? What does it look like when you call upon the name of the Lord? Is it your first response or is it your last resort? I think for many of us, we come to church, we sing, we pray, but we've really stopped calling upon the name of the Lord. And we've made it our last resort. You know what our first response is? Our first response is ourself. It's our own worry. It's our own plan. It's our own ideas. It's our own resources. It's our own finances. It's whatever. We run to all these first responses. And then when every one of those falls apart, and when it's not enough, we come to the one who's always been enough, and we come to him last, begging, Lord, we've done everything else, Lord. You're our last resort. Please. And we call on the name of the Lord, and we see his faithfulness. What would it look like if calling on the name of the Lord was our first response, not our last resort? Because here's, here's what it gets to. When Jesus said, we got to come with faith and no doubt. A faith, this trust, it's a confidence. Do you want to know how your confidence is revealed? Your first response shows and reveals where your confidence lies. The way that you respond to these things, it reveals where your confidence truly is. And I believe we found a way. In American Christianity. Perhaps it's happening in other parts of the world, but I see it. It's not just here in the Northeast. It's all over. We have somehow mastered this idea of self-sufficient Christianity. That we have tried to learn what it means to be Christians and not rely upon the power of God in our lives. To go through all the motions and do everything in our own strength, and our own power, and our own ability. And whenever crisis comes, we learn to figure it out on our own. Whenever trials come, we learn to to just work harder, and we've stopped calling upon the name of the Lord until it's all done, and it's all blowing up, it's all falling apart, and it's like, well, this is really a miracle. Now you have to show up, Lord. What would it look like if calling on the name of the Lord became our first response? What if we say, no, Lord, our confidence is in you from the beginning? Lord, I trust you more than I even trust myself. Can, can Can you say that? I trust your ability more than I trust my ability. Because some of us, we're so good we think of fixing everything. We're so good at doing it, figuring it out, knowing what to do. The Bible says this. He doesn't, it doesn't say, come to me when you don't understand what you're doing. It says this, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. We think that God is this safety valve after we can't figure it out. God says, no, no, no. Come to me first and watch what happens. Watch the headache, the heartache, the anxiety, the depression I lift you out of because I'm here if you'll call upon my name. You know, I had this moment this morning. Maybe this is why it happened, Mandy, for the sake of me sharing it right now. But because it was odd. My, my son, it's like six something in the morning, and his bedroom is upstairs, and, and ours is on the fir- first floor of our house, and he's screaming. He's calling out. He's calling out. He's calling out. And so I go upstairs. I run up to him, and and. And I'm like, what's going on, buddy? What, what do you need? He won't, he won't engage me. No, no. I want mommy. I'm like, well, mommy's sleeping. You don't want to wake mommy up. I'm here. What do you need? No, no. He just won't talk to me. He won't engage with me. You, you heard it, man. He's like, what is going on up there? He won't engage with me. He won't engage with me. Finally, I, I pick him up. or no, I, I leave him there. I said, all right, I'm going to go get mommy, and I'll, I'll kind of bring her to you, and whatever the case. But it, this was like five or six minutes, church. You know what I got a vision of there, like as I was standing up here preaching? was that's us. We cry out for all these different things. Our Heavenly Father shows up, and we're we're pushing him away. Like, no, 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 I got got this. I think I know what I need. I need this, I need that. It's like, I don't even know what he wanted. What do you want, the television turned on? Do you want to go sit on the couch? What what did he want, you know? That's us as children, isn't it, church? It's us, we're there, we're screaming, we're crying, we're doing this, and God is there waiting, waiting. Are we going to call on his name, are we going to call on everything else? Psalm 20 verse 7 says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord. We trust in His name. There's power in His name. Again, our first response reveals our confidence. Watch what happens when you start trusting in the name of the Lord. Some of you, you, you're trusting in the chariots, you're trusting in the horses, you're, you're leaning on all these other things. You're just like the world. We're just like the world. We fe- find security in those things. There's nothing wrong with security. There's nothing wrong with feeling that, but you have to figure out what is the source of your security. Nothing wrong with confidence. What's the source of your confidence? said, so they trusted in chariots. They trust in horses. My confidence is in the Lord. My trust is in the name of the Lord. Do we believe that his name is stronger than all those things? Stronger than the army, stronger than the hell that's being unleashed in your life, stronger than the challenges that you're walking through. We got to trust in the power of his name. I love this, this idea of, of God's name carrying such weight, such authority, such power. That truth will set someone free today that you have everything you need. 1 Samuel 17, 45, as David and Goliath are speaking to each other. And I love this song we sang, We Need to Move, because it's exactly the heart of so many of the parts of this. And giants are still being slain. Do you believe that today? There's giants are speaking to some of you. They're calling you out. They've intimidated you. They've made you shrink back, and you feel curled up in a ball like you can't do anything. But I want you to know God's made you more than a conqueror through Christ. And here's what David, he's going against Goliath, this guy that everyone's afraid of, and he's standing there. And Goliath is hurling insults at him and David says this and some of you need to speak this today to some giants that you're facing it says you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of all the armies of Israel whom you have defied he says I haven't come to you with an army I don't come to you with a javelin I don't come to you with a slingshot and some smooth stones I come in the name of the Lord Some of you, you know what conquered Goliath? It wasn't the stone. It wasn't the slingshot. It wasn't a young boy that was just confident. It was that his confidence was in the name of the Lord. And it was there that he found victory and everything that he needed. Come on, don't go looking for some stones if you're not confident in the name of the Lord. You're just foolish. Where does our faith lie? Are you with me today, church? Do you get it? Do you get it? Allow our faith to increase. Allow our confidence to rest squarely on the Lord. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? I wanna read this verse to you and over you, because this is the truth of what we have in Jesus now. Jesus died on the cross for your sins, to give you forgiveness, but also his spirit has filled your heart and life to clothe you with power, to walk in reliance, a reliance upon him, in a freedom that only he can bring. And today he's ready to lift us up because he's been lifted up. It says this, Philippians 2, 9. Close your eyes and just hear this word this morning. Therefore, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Christ Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And now today, today is the time for us to take a step towards him, church family. Hear these words and hear these moments that we have. I believe they're precious. I believe some mountains are going to begin to move in our our midst. I believe some healing is going to begin to flow as we seek him in these moments. That today, if we're ready to make God calling upon his name, trusting in Jesus as the first response of our lives. We're gonna practice that for just a few moments. We're gonna literally spend this time just calling on the name of the Lord. Here's what I'm asking for today. If you're facing a mountain, if there's a giant standing in front of you, if there's an impossible circumstance sitting right now in the path of your life, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you've been fighting this thing in your own strength, whatever that thing is. But today you realize the fight isn't mine. I'm ready to give it over to the Lord. I'm ready for the power of God to show up in my life. I'm ready to call upon the name of the Lord and put all my trust and all my confidence not in myself but in Him. If that's you and you're ready to do that and and you're ready to see God move in your life in that way, I wanna just invite you to come out of your seat right now. Walk to this altar as quickly as you can if that's you. Just come on right out of your seats. There's no reason to be embarrassed. There's no reason to feel uh, called out. Just step to this altar right now and we're just gonna believe God to meet us as we begin to call upon Him. Come on, church family. Would you begin to pray right now? Would you just begin to ask the Lord to meet us? to speak to us, to to show up in power. What we're doing here is we're literally going to do what the Bible teaches they've been doing from all the way back in the book of Genesis, and then they began to call upon the name of the Lord. For some of you, this is going to be a line in the sand that, as for you and your house, you're going to be those who call upon the name of the Lord. You've been trusting in yourself and your own ability and your own authority, but now you're transferring that to God. You're saying, Lord, you're first in my life. Your ways are first. Your power is first. Your name is above my name. Your name is higher than my name. Come on, if that's your prayer right now, just close your eyes. Begin to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm putting all my trust in you today. Lord, I'm turning all myself over to you today. Lord, I'm asking you to come and do what only you can do. Come on, just begin to call upon his name. Come on, just move up some more towards the altar if you're coming. Just come on. If you're in the balcony, just come right now. You don't have to stand up there and wait. Uh, Don't just be a spectator. Let's press into what the Lord wants to do at this hour right now. Come on, all across this room, would you just begin to lift your hands up? come on, would you just begin to call out of wherever you are in the balcony, watching online, just begin right now. I know the Lord sees us, he hears us, he's ready to meet with us at this hour, at this moment. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you that you're here. We thank you, Lord God, that your power is available to your people. We thank you that nothing is impossible for you, Lord God. Today, we take you at your word, Lord God. We come to you in faith, Lord God. We come to you trusting you, Lord God, for greater measure, for greater works, Lord God, for the things that only you can do. Lord, I pray for those today, Lord. Their faith has been failing them, Lord God. Their belief has has faltered, Lord God. They've, they've been disappointed, whatever it is. But Lord, we come today and I want you to know if you hear me, if that's you, that you can come. The Lord shows in, in his word that there was one who came to him and said, Lord, I have a miracle that I am in need of. And he says, if you believe, do you believe? And he said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Some of you are there. You're in that tension with everything in you wants to believe, but there's some hurt or something holding you back. Bring it to the Lord. He'll honor that. I really believe it. He's looking for that. He's looking for faith like a mustard seed to distrust him, to lean on him. He's ready to move. Come on, if that's you right now, let's just call out to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And when everyone here is lifting your hands. If you're in this place, you're just going to begin to call upon the Lord from the front to the back to the balcony. Just lift your hands and you just begin to take the name of Jesus on your lips. Would you begin right now just to lift him up? It's more than just saying his name. It's placing your confidence, your trust, your faith in the power that's available through Jesus. It's surrendering yourself, your way, your agenda to him and saying, Lord, come and have your way in my life, through my life right now. Come on, church family. Just begin to take his name on your lips. Begin to speak to him. Begin to talk to him. Begin to call out to him right now. Begin to bring the mountains before him. He knows what's in your heart. Begin to speak to him about it. Begin to just call upon him right now at this time. Just begin to cry out to him. He hears us as we cry. walk to this altar. Let's just press into the Lord for these moments. Let's call upon his name. that wants to do I want you right now wherever you're standing wherever you're at would you lift your hands to heaven just to the Lord it's a sign of surrender and would you just begin right now just begin to praise him just begin to call out to him begin to lift your voice loud to him just begin to cry out to the Lord sing a song speak to him praise him just thank him for, for the goodness of the Lord thank him for his faithfulness thank him and worship him for what he's doing some just begin to thank him in advance for the miracle Thank Him for the mountain that's being moved. Thank Him for the healing that's flowing. Thank Him for the freedom that He's bringing. Thank Him for the salvation that's coming and the saving power that He's showing in this time. Come on, begin to praise the Lord even before. Show, Give praise for the victory that He's bringing into your life. Bring victory that He's releasing over your life, over your family, over whatever that situation is. Just begin to cry out to Him today. thank you today for these moments, these precious moments in your presence, Lord God. You're here, Lord God, and teach us, Lord God, to to love your presence, to love just spending time with you, to love calling upon your name, Lord God, to learn what it means to make it our first response, Lord God. May we call on your name as we wake up in the morning, Lord God. May we call upon your name as we lie down to go to sleep, Lord God. May we call upon your name, Lord God, as we go through trials and turbulence, Lord God. May your praise and your name ever be on our lips, Lord God. We thank you today, Jesus. We come and we We just pray for great revelation, Lord God, of who you are, of what you invite us into. And today, Lord God, we trust you more, Lord God. We lean into you more, Lord God. Our confidence is found in you, Lord. Help us to live it out today, Lord God. Not just sing it in a song, Lord God. Pray it at this altar, but live it every single day of our lives, Lord God. Lord, our confidence is in the name of the Lord. Yours is a name that is above every name. And Lord, we call upon you, Lord God. We trust in you, Lord God. We live our lives surrendered to you, Lord God. Teach us every day to trust you more. Teach us every day, Lord God, to grow more and more, to look more like you, Lord God, to reflect your love, Lord God, in our lives. And would you show us every day, Lord God, no matter what we face, our confidence is in you. Our confidence is in your name, not the outcome, Lord God, in you. We put our faith, our trust in you, Lord God. We walk from this place by faith, not just by sight, Lord God. And we ask you to seal the work that you're doing in our hearts. Oh, Lord God, mark us in this series, Lord. Change us, transform us in these weeks, Lord God. Bring us to a new place. We stayed at this mountain long enough. We're ready to move on, Lord God. We're ready for breakthrough. We're ready for your hand to move. We're ready for the miraculous, Lord God. So would you come right now, Lord, just pray. I pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name. For healing to flow into broken bodies in jesus name to provision to fill into people's lives in jesus name lord god for restoration to come into broken relationships lord in jesus name for chains of addiction to fall right now in your presence lord god and the overwhelming freedom that only Jesus can bring, Lord God. May nothing stand in your presence, Lord God, as hearts are turned to you, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, for everything the enemy wants to mean for evil, Lord God, for it to be redeemed, restored, Lord God, given back. We thank you and we love you and we trust in the power of your name. Lord, make us a people. Bring us back to our first identity. Lord, Mark us, Lord God, with that. Lord, fill our prayer meeting each week, Lord God, with people who call upon the name of the Lord. Make that a part of who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, would you praise the Lord with me? Amen. Amen. God's working something, church family. I don't want you to feel like you have to rush out. We're going to continue here at the altar for a few moments. If you need prayer, our prayer team's available. We'd love to see you uh, here. Uh, If you need anything, um, but I, I don't want you to miss this Wednesday. Please come out 7 o'clock p.m. Join us tonight for Selah. We're excited about what the Lord's going to do. God bless you, and we'll see you on Wednesday and the next Sunday.